for the equaliser, and it's a beautifully sculpted score for is won by Armand Carline O'Hanlon, the right person in the right team. Only for point number 10. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sideline Eye podcast. You're very welcome to our preview show, and we're looking forward to the club games coming up this Friday evening. It's great to be back after the, the summer holidays and, as I said, we've loaded the games coming up on Friday. So we'll go through whatever we can here, as obviously we can't go through them all. But I'm joined by Peter Nugent and he's going to assist me in looking at the games that are upcoming. Um, so we'll start in Division 1A and we'll have a lot of points on offer here. All teams are in action on Friday evening. All games at 8 o'clock as well. But we'll start with the Harps and Green Moore, Peter. Um this is a big game for both teams. Obviously, we've spoke about Graham Moore a couple of times this year that they're going to start um, needing points there in their allegation zone at the minute themselves in Mahari. But the Harps as well, I think Harps, Mahari, or Harps, Madden and Cross are all on 13 points. Clevia are in 17, but Clevia have a game extra than the Harps. So I think the Harps are probably the best team equipped to challenging Clevia for the league title. So you can be sure that the Harps will want two points on, on Friday evening. Yeah, Sean, uh, you know, I'm sure they will. Um, I suppose you got to keep in mind too that, uh, the, the, like, you know, the championship's probably just sort of starting to, to simmer around the corner now as well. And um, a lot of the teams in 1A, if they, if they feel like they've sort of staved off relegation, you know, 1A typically, it's not really about, you know, for a lot of them teams, it's not about coming and actually winning the league. Maybe more so for the likes of maybe Kalevi or or even Madden. Um, maybe Kalevi in the instance of, you know, they've been knocking around for a while and they really want to start putting scores in the doors or, or Madden who have just come up, you know, and, and really need to get the wins under their belt to, to, to breed the sort of self-belief that, that they belonged up there. But for the likes of Harps, I suppose, who've been, who've been knocking around um, there traditionally, um, having a good season for them there is just probably, you know, doing enough to stay in the division. They've got 13 points. Um, half of the games left. They're four points behind. I suppose a win would put them would put them in good stead and, and would keep the pressure on the top. But you know, I think at this stage now, you've, you've a lot of teams one a in the championship and probably trying to make sure the players are in, in the best possible shape. And maybe getting men back from from knocks and things. Um, so whilst it's an important game, it always is between them two because there's obviously that there's that derby uh, parochial element to it as well. Um, you know. I think with with the four point gap, uh, the Harps will be happy to win it. But I still think at the same time, um, if they don't win, uh, they've, they've probably got their eyes fixed on, on 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 bigger days down the road. And really, on that point, you're you're making Peter that the teams are all about staying up. Obviously, they're in the top tier; they want to stay there. Graham Moore and on Mahari as well, who take on Madden on Friday. Both them teams, that's the bottom two. Graham Moore, I think, are on seven points, and Mahari below on four. So. They're the two teams that are, are going to be fighting for their lives now in the next couple of weeks. So two two massive points and all for all for both teams on Friday evening. Hundred percent, and you know, I suppose 
for, for both of those teams, like Graham Moore uh, had, had sort of flirted in between 1A and 1B for a few seasons, but they had a good league campaign last year, or sorry, through the COVID um, period, 20, 2020 and 2021. Um, and then uh, obviously Mahari have been, have been uh, Division 1A sort of standard bearers nearly now for, for probably since its inception, really. Um, and they they won the league as well, I think, in, in 2020. Um, so, you know, in, in that case, it will be a blow. It'll be disappointing for, for whichever of those teams or, or if they both end up going down, it, it'll be disappointing. Um, because really, when you're when you're pitting your wits every week, you know, against the Harps and Crossman Lane, um and, and teams that ilk, it's it's the perfect type of preparation really uh and a lot of them teams as, as i alluded to in the point before it's just about really staying in the division uh and mahari now with a few county men back Eden will be back um it, it may it, it may galvanize them to, to, to maybe go on a bit of a run um but they've left themselves with a bit of work to do uh and they're, they're probably now in the position of having to win all their remaining games and form like that can be hard come by, especially sort of this late in the year. Um, so you would say that it's 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 going to be difficult for Mahari probably on this occasion to get themselves themselves completely out of it. Um, and agree more their forms been patchy all year. They've had a couple of notable results. Um, I think especially in their derby games they've, they've managed to pick up points. But but overall, I think the threshold for staying up there is probably going to be somewhere in the region maybe. 11, 12 points maybe. Um, so both sides have a fair bit to do. And I think usually when we talk about Madden and Mahari, I, I always think in the middle of the field that they're lined with, with big men, but obviously now Grimley's going to be missing um, for the remainder of the year, it looks like, and we'll probably talk about how big of a blow that is come the, the championship. And Ben Creeley, obviously in America as well, he's um, a big miss for Mahari, but the clubs, they're all, there's a lot of teams hit now with boys jetting off and no question about it. They're just right after a couple of years of COVID and everything. But um, he's going to be a big loss for Mahari Cross. Obviously, have Rain O'Neill away, Cian McConville away. Um, Clan Arn have been hit with Turbo and McCambridge away. So there's teams that have their county men back or are lucky to do so. And some of them just, they've got some of their county men back. Yeah, well, let's it's, look at the draw that way, Sean, isn't it? Um, I suppose you're speaking to any, any management teams and coaches They'll say, well, well, this is why we work with a panel, you know, all year through, uh, and that's when you know some of your more, more regular first choice players uh, don't be available at times through the year. Uh, when you've had a, a sort of a healthy panel assembled through the year, and you're getting to develop and work with players, then this is really the the ideal opportunity then for those players who maybe just sort of been around the periphery. Uh, is there a chance then to step in and and, and stake their claim really? So. It brings, whilst it's disappointing, uh, I suppose, not to have your better players or your more established players available, it always is a case of opportunity knocks as well for, for those squad players. And, you know, for lads in that window of, say, between 19 and 22, maybe that's just that run of games that, that they're crying out for to really establish themselves. So, you know, there's pros and cons to it, I suppose, both ways. And we'll go down to Division 1B then. On talking about county men coming back, We've said on the podcast numerous times that Collihanna were obviously struggling without their three county men. They're three of the best players in the county, obviously top 20 players in the county. Um, is Aidan Nugent, Jason Duffy and Ross McQuillan. They've got them back now. They're sitting 
in a relegation position in Division 1B. They're taking on Sarsfields on Friday night. This this is a big game for Cullihanna. Every game from here on in is going to be big games for them, but having that injection of them, three players that have been a few men back. I, I know Mickey Murray's back playing. I think Tony Donnelly's back from America. So this could be a massive couple of weeks for Cullihanna. Yeah, it is, Sean. It's, it's looking like a shootout, really, between Cullihanna and Grange for, you know, for that last spot um, with three going down. And I suppose Cullihanna, you know, the thing that maybe has been to their detriment over the last couple of years has been probably inconsistency in, in team selection. I've, I've seen them uh, on, on numerous occasions, probably over the last couple of years. And I would say that's probably, the you know, the main factor has been You've, I've seen so many different players probably lined out for them um, over the last couple of years, and some days have been good, and some days you know they haven't been that good. Uh, getting them players back, uh, aside from the county men, getting getting the other two lads back uh, who would have notable experience of, of playing at the top level in Arma um, will only will only be a benefit to them. But there is a gap there um, at the minute between them and Greens, and although they do have the game and the games in hand, um, you still have to win them. And and one B is very competitive, uh, and and playing Sarsfields although although they're at home, um, they did manage to get a good result uh, down in Sarsfields a number of weeks ago. Uh, I think they came from behind that day. I think Sarsfields were well in the clear, and and sort of maybe whether they took a foot off the gas or or Holly Hanna really rallied, rallied. Um, and it's it's going to be interesting. It's a, it's, a, it's a really it's a really tough game to call. The last day Sarsfields were missing, um. Maybe maybe six seven regulars out of their team, um, and at times Greens were were six seven points ahead in the game, but but Sarsfields retain that belief that they have, you know, especially playing at home, that they'll continue to go and, and plug away and keep taking the scores over, and in the end up they'll probably consider themselves unfortunate enough not to get all two points out of the game. But on the other hand, when we look at how how significant that result was, that's that 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 was a a result that didn't go Collie Hans way. Greens getting a point there is another point on the board, another game down, uh, and it really kept the pressure paid on Collie Hans. So, you know, they're a proud senior club, and, and now they're staring down the barrel of, of going back to intermediate. And I think maybe the one intermediate in 2008, 2007, maybe in around that time, so they've been a senior ever since. And, you know, they've been a strong senior club for a long period of that. So um, I'm sure that uh, a lot of the narrative there this week will be that. They certainly don't want to be dropping the intermediate, and they're going to want to make a real fist of this. And I think that this game you mentioned, the game that Sarsfield and Cullihanna played a couple of weeks ago, it ended three twelve till two fifteen. It was a draw. Like this has the potential to be a shootout. And um, we know Sarsfield. You mentioned that um, Grange game was four twelve to four twelve. They love a shootout, and Cullihanna has the forwards to match that. So this could be a game of the week. Absolutely. I mean. Um... It has the potential, yeah. I suppose from a Sarsfields perspective, there you'd just be a wee bit wary um, that the same uh, sort of old habits are, are coming back to bite them a wee bit. They put themselves in a in a good position, um, I suppose, in the in the early going in the league to make a real stab of it. They don't think they were hardly beat at all in the first sort of seven or eight games. Since then, they've they've tripped up at home in, in two games that they would have seen as being. Pretty winnable in, in Collyhanna and Grange, which has sort of stunted their their promotion charge a wee bit. And in both games, they conceded, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty high tallies, which would traditionally be their their sort of Achilles heel. So 
I suppose you'd be looking out this weekend to see can they, you know, sort of stiffen things up a wee bit at the back and, and, and put the slampers on Collie Hans forwards. And if they can do that, then we know that with with you know Ian Ian up front and, and Thomas McAlinton sort of supplementing him and, and maybe Palmy Young back as well, uh, and a couple of the Stevensons, um, they'll be able to to really pay the scores on the other end. Another game we're going to look at then is Bally McNabb on the Grange, and we've sort of, we've sort of spoke about the Grange there that they're just not out of the woods yet. They're they're a team that are missing a few key men. We talked about boys going to America. Justin uh, Justin Cairns is obviously in America. I think Cahill McKenna is injured at the minute. They're missing a few key men, but obviously Ethan Ravity back is a huge boost. Scored two goals against Sarsfields the last day out. And obviously Grange, which we've spoke about it um, with Collie Hanna, they're going to need points as well. So going to Bally McNabb, it's a tough game for the Grange and it's a tough ask. Um, obviously, Bally McNabb are still unbeaten on their top of the league. Look, Sean, I think in one B uh, for any of the teams going to going to yourselves is is really the acid test. It's Bally McNabb are in one B, but they've been a one A team for a long time, and and they've had a really strong recent championship record over the last ten years as well. Where they're always they're always competing at the business end of the table. So it looks like um, the Nab are going to go back up. Uh, and it'll be a case of who joins them. So this is going to be a tough game for the Greens, but I think, interestingly, Greens finish out the campaign with, I think it's four home games, maybe three, four home games in a row. This is their last away game. So it's, I don't want to say it's a shot to nothing, but, you know, they'll be buoyed by, by recent results, by the, the one in Pierce Oak and the late score to win it, and then getting the result in, 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 in Trasna as well will have, will have helped the confidence and the fact that, you know, the attack ways they played really well on the night. Uh, kicked a lot of scores. It looked like they were going to score a goal every time they went forward in the first half. Uh, and there seems to be a good bit of confidence running run through the forward lane. And you know, those boys up front are as good as as there is anything anywhere in the county. And it's I know it gets said a lot of the time, but you know, trust me when I say they are. They're you know, with whether without Justin at the minute, the other boys are still more than capable. And Ethan came back and scored two goals. And um, you know the last day playing playing from midfield, so you know the threats are live and they're and they're coming from all angles. So it's it's probably a game where you know the Nav are going to be favourites and, and rightly so. But if if they don't approach it with the respect that is due, then then, then Greens will be will be right in it. And and once the thing about Greens is you know they're not afraid to keep pushing. Once once you get their noses in front, they'll keep pushing. It's the only re- really way to know how. I think the Greens, the forward line from the Sarsfields game, their rotation is interesting. Like Ethan, he played midfield, he played most of the time at midfield, but he does drift in. Um, they always have a, a target man or somebody to hit in that full forward line, whether it be Ethan Raverty, Oren Raverty, Brennan Raverty, maybe at times. They always have somebody in there, and it's they have good rotation, as you say, of a forward line that can really match anything in the county. And for any defence, it's going to be harmful. Yeah, well... You know, Oren, Oren played lined out of midfield, but, but probably played, you say, maybe half the game uh, in a full forward. And with his presence and, and how good he is under a high ball, he's a he's he's a really a real threat as well. And he's he's also a superb kicker of the ball as well from from fifty yards for scores. But from from deeper, he can link the player from back to front by by moving the ball off the boot with with real accuracy. Um, and and that's probably what what I've seen this year is. Maybe maybe the Greens are, are the best team in that division at moving the ball back to front off off the boot. 
uh, seen them against Kiara Cruppen, and they were well depleted that day, but they just, you know, they just knew how to move it and get their main players on the ball, um, and they moved it from back to front really well off the boot. Um, and it was nearly like two, three kick, 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 kick pass football, um, whereas you see a lot of the other teams are very possession-based and needing to recycle the ball and go through the phases. Um, whereas if you push up on Grange and try and go after them, if they get that first kick pass off out of the fence, then you're in real bother. So um, looking forward to that game of the weekend. I think out there could be could be a really cracking game. But of course, you have to respect, um, you know, that the, the Nav have their own strengths and they're very well versed and well coached um, and, and have strengths right throughout the team. Interestingly enough, um, you know, in the in the first game in, in Grange, it's probably one that Grange might feel that they sort of let slip. The, the, the three-point lead at half-time. I think the knob wiped it out shortly after half-time, but the second half was was really nip and tuck, um, and that wee bit extra experience, and Gail probably probably just about got the knob over the line, over, over the line that night, um, but it's it's sad to be a good game, and, and you would fancy the knob maybe just to get it done, but definitely not without a fight. And we'll move down to Division 2A then. Peter, there's only one game in Division 2A. It's Tully Sarn and Shane O'Neill's. Shane O'Neill's top of the league at the minute favourites um, to not only um, gain promotion but to probably win the league the way the league's looking at the minute. But this is a massive game for that. Shane O'Neill's aren't guaranteed f- top spot, but the fight that's going to be for, there for second spot is unbelievable. Tully Sorn, St. Peter's and St. Paul's are all well, well in this battle. But if Tully Sorn lose on, on Friday night, do you feel that that's going to be a hammer blow? If Shane's win, You'd imagine Shane's are going to push on and win the league, and if Tully Sarn lose that, it's a, it's a it's a long way back to try to get that second place. It is it is Sean. Yeah, I think Tully Sarn will then if they don't win on Friday night. For by losing the points, they then don't have the head to head on either St Peter's or or Shane's. And the first game was a draw between them two teams uh, up in Camla, so they would be effectively out of the. Out of the race, I think it's it's sort of winner winner bust for their league aspirations. Um, two two very slick teams. I think they're probably the two two slickest teams in the division. Um, we we've had uh up close encounters with them both recently. Uh, and I'll have to say that you know both impress me. Tully Sarn gave us a real a real lesson five or six weeks ago and, and shot the lights out. Um. And they're a dangerous team when you have to go after them and, and, and when you want to commit high on them. Forwards at the other end of the field, and if they're feeling it, they just keep punishing you and you know, keep putting the ball over the bar. So um, it's it's a, it's a real conundrum how to set up against them. Um, Shane O'Neill's very impressed with them uh, three or four weeks ago. Uh, they manipulated the ball really well. They have a really strong running game. Um, no real outright players looking to steal all of the all of the limelight, very team centered. That we wobble um three or four or probably five or six games in the campaign with the loss at Alec Moore and then they uh they they were beat by St Paul's uh after having a, a huge lead and sort of wiped out in the last ten minutes and you're sort of thinking, well, that has the potential to destabilize them but they've rallied again and obviously they've got Two other county players back now as well, and, and they're on a roll again. So, you would probably think that you know they're traveling to Tully Sarn, there's a lot on the line. But I think if they can manage to 
to, to nip this one on, on Friday night. They've probably got one hand on, on the trophy and, and also one foot in, in Division 1 for next year. And Division 2B then, Peter, the, the main conversations at the top of the table as well. You have Blake taking on Tiernog now on Friday night. This is a massive game. Obviously, Tiernog, Cullerville and Blake are all on 18 points at the top of the table. Um, this is the first time Blake and Tiernog have played this year, but they're going to have to play again. I think it's in about four weeks' time. And um, having given that Blake have already beaten Cullerville, if they were to beat Tiernog now, they would have a, um, a win each over the two top contenders. So you'd imagine Blake are going to push on and win the league. But Tiernog, obviously, if they can upset it, if they can beat Blake, it's it's just a mass of two points that could go a long way in deciding who's going to win the league. It is. I mean, you have to respect um, how, how Blake have, have took into this campaign. I've seen them against against Colleville when they won up in Colleville. And that's uh, traditionally a, a difficult place to go and win. And, and uh, they really took into Colleville that night and got in front uh, quite early in the game. And, and we're able to hold Colleville off really then for the rest of the game. And um, probably would have a lot of players that w- would have been under the radar because because they've been playing junior, uh, you know, I suppose as that team's been building. But when you see them up in the up in the flash, you realise that they're they're well conditioned side and, and they're playing very hard for each other. And that wee bit of a wee bit of start us staying up front and, and, and supplemented by by uh, McParlin and O'Neill playing playing in the middle of the field who, who are probably as good a midfield as there is um about at the intermediate level. So um but in saying that Port of Down have, have have really been on a on a rebuild job this year. Uh, I know they've been been flushing in a lot of youth into their team, uh, and probably at the outset there were there were maybe after the first three or four games that have been probably seen as the outright favourites to go up and, and, and win the league. But Colville and, and Blake have, have really stayed with them, and and now we're going to get a really good climax in this division where, where those teams are all going to have to sort of face off now. Um, home advantage. Reported down on is it no Blake of home, home Blake, advantage. It's in right? Blake, yeah, it's in Blake. Blake at home advantage. That's that's that that's really huge on a Friday night. Pour down having to travel and in, in the South Armagh. That's going to be a real a real test, real test of character. And I think it's worth mentioning Blake are still unbeaten. And if I, I think of my memories right, there's only three teams. I think Bally McNeil, Blake, and Darren Noose are the only three in the whole county that are unbeaten. So when you're travelling to Blake. A team that's unbeaten, they're not going to be beating their home patch. Well, that's it, and you know, I've seen even that night. Um, you know, they're 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 not blessed with 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 huge panel or, or huge numbers, but clearly there's there's a lot going right there. Um, you know, seem to be really well organised. Uh, have a very good clear idea of, of of how they're meant to defend and attack. Uh, and you know, clearly with 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 their smaller numbers, and that that also leads to. You know, a real camaraderie and a, and, a, and that sort of feeling of it being a tight unit. So, um, poor down definitely have their work cut out, but but they're coming down with good players themselves. Paul Charvel's still there up front, um, you know, making things happen. Uh, and and they're strong in the middle of the field. Jordan McCoo's still there. The good experience still through the team. Um, with McCormick there as well, like who's been a really good player at intermediate level now for a long time. But been flushing in some of the younger players like Connolly's in now as well, uh, and and they're really making a difference. So it's going to be interesting. You would you would just think with Balik having the unbeaten record that potentially they could be set to extend that. But it wouldn't surprise if that one even was if it even finished up all square. And now we we'll get down to junior. There's obviously been a split in the junior. Um, 
this, the big one, I suppose, is Middletown on St. Michael's on Friday night in Division 3A. Derry Noose, have, as we've said in the other divisions, Derry Noose, they haven't won the league yet. And Derry Noose would, I'm sure, remind me of that if uh, I was to suggest that. But it seems like there's going to be a second place up for grabs. There's a couple of teams nipping at Derry Noose's heels, but Middletown and St. Michael's would be the two favourites to um, fight, it out, fight it out for that second place. So another massive game here on Friday night and the winner who come, who can come through this, you'd more or less expect to get that second place. Yeah, it's interesting enough, Sean, that, you know, uh, a couple of seasons ago, you know, you would have thought that Newtown were, were sort of at, at rock bottom and, and really think they were maybe in, competing in 3B for a couple of seasons. Um, and it was hard to see really you know where where things were going to start to improve for them, but obviously going by going by league results this year, they've they put a run together and and they seem to be rebuilding again. Uh, and traditionally a strong club, traditionally you know a strong intermediate level club, and it's not that long ago, you know that they were actually competing at senior level. So they sort of dropped and dropped quick, but there's obviously a bit of a rebuild going on there now, and I think that they sort of got a lot more youth into their team. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be a a, a bit of a dogfight, um, but it's good to see them. It's good to see them coming back on the way back because they are one of the traditional clubs, um, and they've always sort of made the most of what they had. So to see them coming back now is is, is a good sign for football in that area. I think you mentioned they were in Division Three B a couple of times. I think last year, and I should have double checked this before we come on. I think they won Division Three B last yeah. year, so it has pushed them on. And I'm just on Division Three B. It's it's now with well, the split in the league. It's a class opportunity for a team like Thomas Davis. I think are top of the Division Three B now, for a team like that to win a, a a trophy before the championship starts. And as we've seen with Newtown, then hopefully push on from that. Success breeds success, Sean. You know, and like for any of the teams that are in Three B, they'll respect the position they're in. The the they'll know that there's probably no real quick fix, and that it's just going to be hard work. Staying committed, staying committed to the club, you know, winning the games out of there to be won, and putting the foundations in place and moving on and, and bringing the confidence with you. And in the case of Newtown, obviously, winning it last year has propelled them on to to, to have a, a a much more um, successful season this year. So that's the like if you look at it, for example, you've on Portmore who are down there, who you know were in intermediate football probably this last four or five seasons, uh, and, and made the drop. But they've made the drop, and I know they've lost a couple of players, and it just goes to show you can make the drop, and you're not automatically guaranteed just to be in around the top two to three. If you can't retain the player selection and, and, and can't keep your best players, uh, you know, you know, at the club or 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 or, or in, I suppose, interested, or, or if they decide to move on, then it can be difficult for anyone. So it's um, it's shaping up. It's it's probably going to be very competitive there, yeah. So that's all we have for you today, folks. We'll be back um, on Saturday. We'll have our, our match reports from all the games on Friday night. On Monday or Tuesday, we'll be back with our review show and we'll be building up to the following weekend. Then there's there's loads of games coming thick and fast. Just before we finish up, best of luck to Armagh Camogues. They're in the All-Ireland semi-final this weekend and they're playing Calvin on Saturday in Tullamore. So best of luck to them and hopefully they can get over the line. Peter, great to have you on and great to hear your thoughts. And we'll hopefully hear from you again in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks, Sean.
by Armand Carlino Hanlon, the right person in the right seat. Donnelly for point number 10. Oh,